It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. A new true crime podcast from the team behind Up and Vanished. In 2016, adventurer Justin Alexander was invited on a trek by an Indian holy man. They headed to a spiritual ground in the Himalayan mountains, a place beyond civilization. The holy man returned and said nothing, but Justin was never seen again. What happened to him? Dive into our investigation in Status Untraced. Available now. Listen for free on Spotify. One afternoon, over 75,000 years ago, a tribe of early Homo sapiens stealthily crept through the lush vegetation on the Indonesian island of Sumatra. They were hunting a giant deer. The meat from just one of the huge animals would sustain them for weeks. Just as they were closing in on their prey, an eruption of steam from a nearby hillside unleashed a ripple of chaos through the rainforest. Shrieking birds sounded warning calls, and animals fled for shelter. A cacophony of panic and confusion erupted as the tribe frantically worked to identify the source of danger. They turned their attention to the nearby mountain. What they saw made their blood run cold. The mountaintop was exploding. Magma burst forth, literally melting the hillside in front of them. Seconds later, the tribe, the animals, and most of the island would be vaporized. Welcome to Natural Disasters, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Tim. Every Thursday, we'll explore the moments in history when the natural world turned deadly. You can find all episodes of Natural Disasters and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Natural Disasters for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Natural Disasters in the search bar. At Parcast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. Today, we're talking about Mount Toba, a supervolcano that erupted 75,000 years ago. Toba's eruption released energy 40 times greater than the largest hydrogen bomb in existence. The eruption was so significant, it threatened the existence of humanity's entire ancient population. In this episode, we'll follow the volcano's geological development in the thousand years leading up to its legendary eruption and investigate the magnitude of the catastrophe. We'll also examine some of the long-term consequences that Toba might have had on civilization. Seventy-five thousand years ago, most of the Earth was thawing out from a recent ice age. But the swath of the planet closest to the equator, known as the tropics, was mostly unaffected by the recent cooling period. The inhabitants of this old world largely consisted of late ice age mammals, 
woolly rhinoceroses and mammoths, along with bison, giant deer, wild horses, and saber-toothed cats. There were also ancient humans spread out across the region. Archaic members of our species, the Homo sapiens and Neanderthals, comprised the bulk of this burgeoning human population. These early ancestors began to spread to a chain of ancient islands that would come to be known as modern-day Indonesia, including Sumatra, one of the largest islands in the region. But they had no idea they had settled on a ticking time bomb. Sumatra was home to one of the planet's supervolcanoes, an enormous vent in the Earth's crust. This particular volcano, what we now call Mount Toba, had been rumbling for centuries and was becoming more active by the day. Indonesia is one of the largest island groupings in the world. The archipelagic nation encompasses more than 17,000 islands. Of the thousands of landmasses, there are five worth noting. Java, Kalimantan, West Papua, Sulawesi, and Sumatra. The majority of these islands are situated on a major fault line. According to the United States Geological Survey, a fault is a fracture or zone of fractures between two blocks of rock, also known as tectonic plates. The Earth's crust consists of 15 to 20 of these plates, which are continuously shifting in response to heat caused by radioactive processes in the Earth's core. Faults allow the plates to move away from or against each other. This movement may occur rapidly in the form of an earthquake or may occur slowly and drift only a few feet over thousands of years. The boundaries where these continent-sized plates meet are often hotbeds of geologic activity. The gaps formed by tectonic movement allow molten rock from the Earth's core to rise up to the surface. Sometimes the molten rock simply flows out of the Earth, like at Kilauea on the Hawaiian Islands. Other times, the rock is trapped and builds up pressure below the crust until it forces its way out in a volcanic eruption. Indonesia is also part of the notorious Ring of Fire, a roughly 25,000-mile path along the edge of the Pacific Ocean. According to National Geographic, 75% of the Earth's volcanoes are located along the Ring of Fire. And of the regions along the Ring, Indonesia houses more active volcanoes than any other modern country in the world. It contains over 150 major craters, 127 of which are still active. Until recently, the latent threat from these towering mountains went undetected. With no way of predicting an eruption, the inhabitants living near the volcanoes were at their mercy. An eruption had the potential to destroy everything in its path, including the very people who had made the island their home. The tropical island of Sumatra has long been known for its wealth of wildlife and vegetation, but recent research has shown that the island was also home to some of our earliest ancestors. In the late 1880s, Dutch paleoanthropologist Eugene Dubois discovered a pair of human teeth in a cave along the Padang Highlands of West Sumatra. This was a startling discovery. While scientists always suspected that early humans had inhabited Southeast Asia, Dubois' findings confirmed that the teeth were 20,000 years older than expected. It meant modern humans were in Indonesia when Toba erupted, far earlier than previously believed. 
This startling revelation showed that humanity was witness to and victims of some of the most violent eruptions in planetary history. But these ancient ancestors didn't have the understanding of the natural world that modern science provides. In fact, many of the people who settled Indonesia didn't even look like us. The majority of early humans were separated into two categories, Homo sapiens and Neanderthals. Homo sapiens first appeared in South Africa roughly 100,000 to 300,000 years ago. They had a very similar physical build to the present-day human form. They were the first early humans to domesticate dogs, giving them a significant advantage in hunting and warfare. Neanderthals, on the other hand, dominated Europe and were defined by their shorter, stockier, more muscular build. Neanderthals had short limbs and more muscle, features that evolved to serve them well in colder climates. While it is not yet known exactly which category of early humans lived on Sumatra 74,000 years ago, research suggests that the teeth found in the cave on Sumatra did belong to anatomically modern humans, Homo sapiens. These findings also suggested that our early ancestors had already developed a more evolved way of life to mitigate the newfound challenges of living in a tropical climate. Since early humans first appeared in the savannas of South Africa, life in the rainforest was certain to be an adjustment. These coastlines, along which they were believed to have traveled, would have had better resources year-round, specifically big game for hunting. In contrast, the rainforest's resources varied largely by season and were less nutritionally dense than the game early humans hunted in Africa. Cooked bison meat would be hardier than what they could find in the rainforest. It likely took significant planning, preparation, and innovation for these early humans to satisfy their hunger in a closed rainforest environment. Although it was less advantageous for hunting, Indonesia's rich volcanic soil provided bountiful crops to gather. Over the years, Indonesians have learned to coexist with the island's volcanoes, utilizing their soil to harvest crops such as rubber, palm oil, coconut oil, cocoa, and coffee. Pleased with their bountiful crops, early humans paid no mind to the occasional eruption of steam from nearby mountains. This was a grave mistake. These eruptions were early signs that their routine would be imminently upended. While the early Sumatrans worked to develop new tools and skill sets to harness and cultivate the island's vegetation, the threat of a major explosion from Toba still remained. The volcano was incredibly active and had a long history of landscape-altering eruptions. Volcanic eruptions are measured using the Volcanic Explosivity Index, or VEI. According to the United States Geological Survey, the VEI is a relative measure of the explosiveness of volcanic eruptions. Volume of products, eruption cloud height, and even qualitative observational terms like gentle or mega-colossal are used to determine the explosivity value. It is the volcanic equivalent to the earthquake's Richter scale. The VEI scale begins at zero and accounts for eruptions that produce less than 100,000 cubic meters of debris. Examples of zero explosions include the eruptions of Kilauea in Hawaii that typically expel liquid lava but fail to blow debris into the air. 
These are considered non-explosive or small volcanic incidents. Each subsequent number on the VEI scale represents a tenfold increase in explosivity. It's like the difference between a lone motorcycle accident and a collision between two city buses. To understand the severity of ancient eruptions, scientists can only compare the aftermath of more recent volcanic disasters. The deadly eruption of Nevado del Ruiz in Colombia in 1985 rated a 3 VEI rating. The notorious eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 79 CE that destroyed Pompeii and the infamous destruction of Mount St. Helens in 1980 both registered a VEI of 5. The harrowing explosion of Krakatoa in 1883, which killed 36,000 people, rated a 6. When Toba erupted 1.2 million years ago, it released approximately 33 million cubic meters of material in an explosion that rated VEI-6. Another explosion 500,000 years ago also rated VEI-6. Clearly, it was capable of immense power. But these eruptions were child's play compared to what Mount Toba was fully capable of producing. The supervolcano could emit enough magma to bury the United States in a foot-thick layer of ash and rock. An eruption of that size could change the climate of the entire planet. And 75,000 years ago, it nearly did. Coming up, Toba's eruption threatens the existence of humanity. Now, back to the story. 75,000 years ago, on the Indonesian island of Sumatra, our early ancestors were adapting to life in a tropical climate after a planet-wide ice age. They spread out across the surrounding archipelago, not knowing that they owed the bountiful crops and wildlife to the rich soil of the regional volcanoes. The early tribes never suspected that the same soil giving them sustenance would soon be covered in ash and debris, threatening the extinction of all life around them. Under their feet, a supervolcano was rumbling to life. The eruption of Mount Toba began several kilometers beneath the Earth's surface, even deeper than the tectonic plates and fracture zones between them. The eventual catastrophic explosion began with a simple displacement of magma. Magma is the semi-liquid rock that forms the majority of the Earth's mantle, the interior mass beneath the crust. The extremely hot temperatures at the Earth's core causes rock to literally melt and form this volcanic substance. But magma doesn't always stay in the mantle. It's lighter than the solid rock around it, so it rises and collects in huge chambers of cooler rock closer to the surface. The giant magma chamber under Toba grew hotter and increased the pressure around it, forcing the molten rock higher until it finally pushed against the thin boundary between the Earth and the open atmosphere. That boundary of rock was directly beneath the island of Sumatra. The day of the explosion started out like any other, the island's inhabitants gathered crops and hunted for game. Animals shrieked and scurried, birds took flight, and the breeze shook the lush trees of the rainforest. Then, a rumbling started low and deep under them, 
Small bursts of steam vented out of the island's rocky highlands. These small blasts, reeking of sulfur and melting the surrounding foliage, were common warning signs of an impending eruption of the nearby volcano. But none of the island's occupants would have known what the terrifying explosions of steam meant 75 millennia ago. They would simply have been terrified of the rising rumble and vibration of the stones beneath their feet. Toba had been stewing for some time, but now the fiery mountain was visibly agitated. Nobody can know what exactly provoked the vast supervolcano's final burst upward. It could have been an earthquake, or it could have simply been hundreds of years of accumulated pressure. Regardless of what initiated the eruption, the magma pressed up through rocky vents in the crust and emerged to the Earth's surface. The pressure forced the molten rock through the full height of the mountain, climbing higher and higher until Mount Toba exploded. The entire mountain vanished in a detonation of rock and steam. In an instant, Sumatra was plunged into an ashy darkness. The early humans and native animals of the island were abruptly catapulted into chaos. Flaming, liquidy rocks tumbled over the island, blanketing the ground. Lava erupted skyward with fiery fury, scorching everything in its path. Plants were instantly charred. Animals burned to death where they stood. The island's human inhabitants watched in horror as the lava melted everything it touched. They scrambled to evade the falling red-hot globs lest they be flash-boiled. Only a lucky few found shelter from the molten rock. Then, the wall of boiling ash appeared over the hillsides. It was a pyroclastic flow. A pyroclastic flow is a boiling avalanche of rocks, ash, and toxic gas that races down slopes at speeds as high as 450 miles an hour. Most volcanic eruptions form these flows upon the initial explosion. Pyroclastic flows destroy all living material in their path, often leaving behind a thick layer of hardened lava and ash. The huge ash plumes form thick, high-altitude clouds that are packed with static electricity. Dozens of lightning bolts strike within the ash cloud itself. Some even strike the ground within the flow. But Toba's pyroclastic flow was unlike anything ever seen in the history of humankind. Superheated ash and gases reach temperatures of 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. This flowing, burning mass cascaded down the sides of the mountains at 200 miles per hour, incinerating everything in its path. Trees were blasted over and into the ground. Animals were vaporized where they stood, and birds burned to ash in midair. Toba's pyroclastic cloud was so powerful and massive that it reached across southern Asia, leaving deposits of ash as far as India, roughly 3,000 miles away. But it was nothing compared to what was happening in the eruption's immediate vicinity. The skies over Sumatra had turned black, and the ash fell like thick snow. Huge boulders blasted through the thick cloud as they hurtled back to Earth. The amount of ash and sulfuric acid injected into the stratosphere was enough to obstruct the sun's heat over the entire planet. 
If the cascading, fiery rocks weren't horrifying enough, the accompanying volcanic ash was thickening the air and choking the Indonesian archipelago. In a volcanic eruption, the ash forms as the gases within rising magma expand, shattering the cooling rocks as they burst from the volcano's mouth. This ash, which is extremely dangerous to inhale, is heavy and quickly accumulates. Volcanic ash is nothing like campfire ash. The ash produced by combustion in a campfire is typically soft and fluffy, with bits of charred wood. Volcanic ash, however, is made of sharp fragments of rock and volcanic glass, each less than two millimeters across. Volcanic ash often collects carbon dioxide and fluorine, gases that are toxic when inhaled. As darkness overtook the island, panic and confusion spread among the frantic inhabitants. As their heart rates rose, so did the quickness of their breath. And the faster they breathed, the more ash they inhaled. The tiny shards of glass were slicing the insides of their throats and lungs. Inhaling large amounts of ash and volcanic gases can cause suffocation in seconds. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, asphyxiation is the most common cause of death from a volcano. The inhabitants of Sumatra fled the burning wall of ash, gasping for air as the toxic cloud reached them. They desperately rushed towards the coast, where temperatures were often cooler than in the island's interior. But the pyroclastic cloud moved faster than any creature could run. The boiling ash overtook the island almost instantly. Then, the heavy dark cloud rolled over the ocean towards the other islands. The wall of ash reached miles into the atmosphere and coated the region as it fell back to Earth. The ash accumulated on every landmass and covered the sea in a thick carpet of gray sludge. A heavy fall of ash can effectively smother plants. It buries or snaps their leaves and branches, thereby preventing water and sunlight from reaching them. Ash also has the potential to alter soil chemistry, changing the acidity, nutrient, and water content. So even if the plants survive the pyroclastic flow, the falling ash usually kills them. The blanketed ash is also especially harmful to plant-eating animals. In addition to killing their food supply, it can also lead to gastrointestinal blockages in livestock. When ash affects the available water supply, it can lead to severe dehydration and starvation as well. Some animals that ingest the gray sludge will produce deformed offspring. Even long after the eruption, Rainfall can transform newly deposited volcanic ash into a cement-like ooze that is heavy enough to collapse trees. This cloud was what covered Indonesia as Toba spewed the last of its violent wrath. The once tropical and promising island of Sumatra, including its ecosystem and flourishing populations of animals and humans, disappeared beneath the debris of Toba's fury. The supervolcano's eruption yielded 3 million cubic meters of debris and a VEI rating of 8. Finally, after the relentless expulsion of a staggering amount of rock and magma, the roar of the volcano quieted. Toba, having simmered for so long, had finally unleashed its rage, leaving devastation in its wake. 
The pandemonium was followed by an eerie quiet as the dust settled. The once lush green vegetation was charred. What remained of the burned wildlife was haphazardly strewn about. Broken branches scattered everywhere. In some places, entire trees were crushed under the weight of the wet ash. Small huts were pulverized, leaving nothing but the memories of their inhabitants. Sumatra's blue sky was blanketed in an ashy haze. The sun was nowhere to be found. A perpetual gray covered the formerly vibrant island as any surviving humans and animals emerged from their hiding places to make sense of the wreckage. They were ultimately forced to flee before the toxic gases claimed their lives as well. Toba was once again dormant, but the thriving Sumatran civilization was irreparably changed. Coming up, we'll explore the unbelievable effects of Toba on the Earth's climate and why some scientists believe that Toba pushed humanity to the brink of extinction. Now, back to the story. 75,000 years ago, the infamous Toba volcano yielded a volcanic explosivity index of 8, making it one of only a few supervolcano eruptions in Earth's history. The eruption changed the course of planetary development for centuries. Toba unleashed its fiery wrath on the once lush and thriving island, leaving desolation and destruction in its wake. Entire populations of unique flora and fauna were vaporized in seconds. The surviving animals and early humans who had made their home on Sumatra emerged from their places of refuge to a changed world. Over the years, scientists have come to varying conclusions about the impact that Toba's last eruption had on humanity. An early hypothesis known as the Toba Catastrophe Theory suggests that the eruption very nearly caused humanity to become extinct. The Toba eruption injected so much ash and sulfuric acid into the stratosphere that it blocked the sun's radiation and caused global temperatures to drop by three to five degrees Celsius. This resulted in subsequent ice age cycles being colder than they would have otherwise been. In the aftermath of a massive supervolcanic eruption, it is common to see a measurable shift in global climate referred to as a volcanic winter. When an excess of ash particles and gases are injected into the stratosphere, they have the potential to prevent solar energy from reaching the Earth. This affects the food chain and the circle of life in every ecosystem affected. Volcanic winters can dramatically disrupt human life as well. Famine, droughts, floods, and deaths are known to be directly caused by these drastic changes in weather patterns. A lack of sunlight poses a menacing threat to humanity as a whole, as our food chain is heavily reliant on the process of photosynthesis. During photosynthesis, light energy is captured by plants, leaves, and flowers and used to convert water, carbon dioxide, and minerals into oxygen and energy-rich organic compounds. Without this solar energy, plants can't grow or thrive. This sets off a dangerous chain reaction. A shortage of plant life leaves many animals without food. These animals slowly starve and eventually die. In turn, human beings are left without sustenance. 
And without food, they don't stand a chance at survival. In the 1990s, 75,000 years after Toba's destruction reshaped Southeast Asia, life scientists and volcanologists started studying the ancient eruption event. They wondered how far-reaching Toba's effects really were. Researchers postulated that Toba's eruption launched the Earth into a thousand-year cooling period, which resulted in massive reductions in the populations of plants, animals, and early humans. The food chain was disrupted, and humans died off in massive numbers, which was reflected in our fossil record. The Toba catastrophe theory proposed that the eruption decreased the Earth's human population down to only a few thousand individuals, creating what is known as a genetic bottleneck. A genetic bottleneck occurs after an event that significantly reduces the size of a population. These bottlenecks can result from natural disasters, habitat destruction, and disease epidemics. When a population drastically decreases, so does the available genetic pool available for reproduction. Because of this loss of gene variants, the resulting population lacks genetic diversity. Consider a deserted island. If a small sample study of humans was relocated to a remote island, subsequent generations' progeny would be limited to the traits of those select few. Without the introduction of new and different gene pools, other human variants would effectively become extinct. Small populations, like animals unique to Sumatra and early human tribes, are much more susceptible to disease and environmental disasters. Unfavorable genetic traits can rapidly accumulate, like susceptibility to disease or deformity. Bottlenecks also slow evolutionary change, since fewer numbers of a species are around to pick up potentially favorable genetic mutations. As early humans spread across the planet, several of these bottlenecks are believed to have occurred throughout history. When a small group of humans left Africa, and then again when this group split up in the Middle East, the bottleneck that occurred 70,000 years ago was around the same time as the infamous Toba eruption. The volcanic winter could have been so harsh that it nearly ended human development. But while scientists originally believed that this bottleneck was a direct result of Toba's eruption, recent findings have since expunged this theory. Several new studies detailed more recent discoveries that debunked the Toba catastrophe theory. More recently, microscopic glass shards were found in a cliff near Mossel Bay, a town on South Africa's southern coast. These fragments are known as cryptotephra, and they were created when the Toba volcano heated silica within its rock. These shards drifted over 5,500 miles and landed in southern Africa among bones, tools, and other signs of human inhabitants. The finding of these glass particles among such artifacts is indicative that humans not only survived Toba's eruption, but thrived in spite of it. The coast of South Africa appeared to be a place of refuge for the humans weathering the volcanic winter there. Their genes were protected from the deaths the eruption caused elsewhere in the world. Scientists also found bits of plant matter preserved in the sediment cores where the glass was first discovered. The examination of these remains allowed researchers to study vegetation levels 100 years before and 200 years after the eruption. 
These findings showed no evidence of a massive cooling or die-off. Britta Jensen, a geologist and tephra expert, said, if Toba had triggered a major global climate event, Africa probably would have been affected, and they see no evidence of that. Scientists are still divided over the effects of Toba's eruption. Some believe it pushed humanity to the brink of extinction, causing a genetic bottleneck. Others believe that the climate was minimally affected and that early humans found refuge and continued to thrive. Christine Lane, a researcher who helped to study the Cryptotephra, has held that analysis of the sediment around the shards proved that the regional climate wasn't substantially impacted by the eruption. She said, we need to put the idea of a global volcanic winter to bed. If there was a climatic impact of the eruption, it was much smaller than people had hypothesized. Geoscientist Chad Yost agrees with Lane. His research found that the eruption minimally affected the vegetation around the lake. Yost says that, it is becoming increasingly hard to find evidence in favor of the Toba catastrophe hypothesis. Today, Indonesia is still laden with active and inactive volcanoes, but now its residents are much better prepared to deal with them. The Volcanological Survey of Indonesia, founded in 1920, monitors and helps predict the likelihood of volcanic events. The service is used to alert residents to evacuate if necessary. In the years since its implementation, it has saved thousands of lives. Modern-day Indonesians remain constantly aware that any one of the nation's volcanoes could erupt at any given moment. This vigilant monitoring has saved thousands of lives from more recent disasters. Before the volcanic monitoring was implemented, eruptions of Tambora and Krakatoa resulted in 90,000 and 36,000 deaths, respectively. But when Indonesia's Mount Galungun erupted after the Volcanological Survey was founded, 75,000 people were safely evacuated. Only 68 deaths were reported. That being said, all of these eruptions were smaller than the eruption of the supervolcano beneath Mount Toba 75,000 years ago. The explosion disrupted the ancient world and affected the development of our present world. It's impossible to know if any monitoring system could have saved lives. What we do know is that with a volcanic explosivity index of eight, Toba was one of the largest supervolcanoes in the history of human existence. The impact of that single explosion changed the course of an entire planet's life, and humanity was lucky to emerge from it in one piece. Thanks for listening to Natural Disasters. You can find all episodes of Natural Disasters and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Natural Disasters, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Natural Disasters on Spotify, just open the app and type Natural Disasters in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time.
Natural Disasters was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Kerry Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Natural Disasters was written by Natalie McKieran, with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher, and stars Tim Johnson and Kate Leonard. 